This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Hi Gary, this is Jelle from Belgium. Uh, first off, I want to start with thanking you for putting out all that content. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for over five years now and I feel like that I'm becoming a better businessman, a better entrepreneur thanks to your content and insights. So thank you for that. This is my question. I've been working together with a few interns for a couple of years now and they're always around 21 years old and I feel that they're lacking two important skills. The first skill is critical thinking or self-criticism. They should uh, think about what should I do first and what next. Uh, wh why am I advising this? Um, is what I produced really good enough? And the, next, the second skill is taking ownership. When all given tasks are finished, do they start thinking about what the next best step could be? Um, do you have any idea? how I, as a boss, as a guide, can help them develop their skills. Thanks. Yeah, listen, I think, that, um, I think that the answer to your question is the critique that you are putting on them. You are critiquing them for this kind of thoughtfulness, critical thinking, and then action, and taking the initiative and being on the offense. Uh, my answer to you is you need to do the same with you as a boss and you need to audit yourself to do that. Meaning, there is no reason that you should be in a scenario where you're struggling with 21 year old interns for a long period of time because the truth is if you put the time and effort to really audit them and really spend time with them and then decide for you whether you're right or wrong as the judge and the jury as the boss that they're good or they're not good, you could speed up this process very quickly. So my answer to you is go deep and spend more time with them, whether that's virtually or in reality, you know, or in real life, whether wherever you, where these interns are, figure out if they're good, give them very detailed feedback at scale, suffocate all the excuses, and then make a decision whether that person should be in your organization or not. For me, if I wanted to know if anybody here should be in my organization or not, it would literally take me two days. Like, you, you just make it the thing you do today. Today, you should decide if these interns are capable, have the talent and the capacity to deliver on your expectations or not. Have you been clear in them and, uh, and move forward? So I, I think the answer to your question is in the same way that you're upset with them that when their task is done, they're not doing the next thing, I'm upset with you, which is if you slept last night, you could have allocated some of those hours to auditing your interns and giving them clearer feedback and making the decision if you wanted them here or not. Kim asks, how do you deal with employees that slack off but are super talented? Keep or fire? Mm. <laughs> um, uh, I deal with them the same way I deal with any kind of employee. Uh, super hard worker but maybe slightly under-talented. Uh, in, in between on both fronts. Every situation in life, let alone employees, only can be solved when you believe there's issues and you have the luxury and the responsibility, and let me say that one more time, when you have the luxury 
and the responsibility of being the judge and the jury, the pressure and the onus is on you. I truly, truly, truly believe that if there's an employee at VaynerMedia, and there are some, plenty, not not plenty, that's not fair. There are some that are highly talented and underperforming that it's my fault. We haven't created the infrastructure for for allowing them to shine. Um, Their their bosses are not clicking with them and so that's not motivating them. Uh, We haven't asked the right questions of the kind of interest they have. We, We serendipitously, you know, the serendipity of what accounts they've been on. Tim, how many different accounts have you been on in your career? Oh gosh, at least 12. And of those 12, I would assume that some are more exciting than others. Oh yeah, definitely. The end, I mean that's just real, right? There's so much serendipity, different bosses that you get, people move around, teammates, things of that nature and so, you know, I think the way I deal with it is communication. You know, I have a full slate today, it's the last kind of in the office day, I have a lot of meetings I'm trying to get in, 10, 5, 10, 10, 5, 10 minute meetings and a lot of the conversation will be around that and so I think it's communication. I think, you know, it's like, hey, Rick, uh, you know, I think you've got talent oozing out of your eyes. You're clearly not delivering on the hustle, which is an important variable here. What am I doing wrong? What is Vayner doing wrong? Instead of saying, Rick, you're lazy, you suck. You have to put the onus on you. When you're a leader, when you're a CEO, when you're the organization, it's on you. You're creating the rules of the game. If you don't like how it's played, change it. Uh, so I run a digital agency in UK. And my question for you is this. Um, you have a team of five or six hundred people um, and you're very prolific yourself in terms of the knowledge you have, etc. How do you ensure that the rest of the team is speaking the same language as you and, uh, and saying, uh, saying the same things to clients that you would say? Uh, very interested in your answer. Um, great work with the show. Keep it up. Thanks very much. Alistair, thank you so much. Uh, One of the toughest things to do here, it scares me to know right now somebody's on the phone with somebody who has a slightly wrong or off tweak on the one minute transition of Instagram video or the new Snapchat messaging or the ability to caption Twitter uh, posts and pictures now. And so I'm I'm very, um, I'm concerned and come up with emailing the whole team, asking them to watch my content, I'm gonna be doing a recap of my own content and learnings and thoughts over the last 30 days. We did an internal podcast for a while. We're trying a lot of different hacks, all hands-on meetings, uh, breakout groups, lunch and learns, but the truth is there's vulnerability because it's a human situation. And so, (laughs) here's a big one. I'm not crippled by them doing the wrong thing. I'm not crippled by Ricky Magoo right now being on a call with a client and saying the wrong thing because it just plays itself out, meaning either we have to apologize to the client and and say, look, Ricky gave the wrong advice and that's a human vulnerability and we could get fired and things of that nature, but I I recognize the inefficiencies in human communications and I own them and I know that 89.7% of the time we're 100% on point, you know, 7% of the time, um, you know, we're doing a really good job and 3.3% of the time we're not. And I can live with that. And that's a net net game. That's the other day when I said speed is better than perfection. When you're running a big company, the way you get to 650 instead of nine is you don't worry about every person having everything exactly right. Plus you need to leave a little room for them to do their thing.
you know, the Mark Evans and the Katie Hankinsons and the Matt Siegels of the world, these are talented people. Steve Babcock, my new chief creative officer, these are talented people. They need to have their slight iterations. They're allowed to disagree a little bit with me. It's not, it's not called Gary Vaynerchuk, this is VaynerMedia. And VaynerMedia is a collective of us. And so um, those are two ways I actually get through that. And I think a lot of you can learn in management and leadership from that answer. Matt says, Richard Branson says, clients do not come first, employees come first. Do you agree or disagree and why? I agree and uh, Matt, 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 I mean, I agree. And like I've been pounding that, you know, that for 166 episodes, so uh, at least 40 times. So I feel very comfortable in kind of dodging this answer because I think one of the things, like the repetitiveness of this show is something I challenge myself with. Always recognizing there's so many new people watching ahead, of, you know, and there's a lot of people watching, so I'll just go very fast. This doesn't get my juices going. And I'm not trying to diss Matt. It, I assume you're fairly new, so I'm excited. It's not even close. To me, it is fundamentally uh, my employees, then my customers, then my own interests, and that has been the backbone of my success. I feel like you end up with a whole lot if you go in that order. Um, and I think my actions have spoken to that at this company. I've got a lot of people that have worked in the agency industry for a long time and have been surprised by how hard I push back on clients. We've fired a client historically, which is sacrilege even though people say it. Uh, And so, um, yes, I think Richard's correct and I think anybody successful like a Branson that's built an actual organization, not as like a single entertainer or as an investor or somebody built a product, somebody that actually built a 600, a 6,000, a 60,000 person organization uh, or a six person organization successfully recognizes how much value in the people there really is. I also happen to like people which makes it even easier for me. So just keeping it very basic, I say say yes. I'm curious to your strategy of picking that question, India. Why has it been a while since we've talked about that POV you have and we're getting so many new viewers and like I checked the last time we really talked about that was like, the 40s like episode, so. Fine, come with real data and answers, <laughs> India. No, really good job. Yeah, so now that India has guilted me into going a little bit deeper here, no, no, at, uh, listen, I mean, well, I appreciate it. I'll go a little bit even further. To me, it's a very big deal. And, uh, and, and it's so surprising to me, uh, law firms, consultants, agencies, where they actually sell people's hours that they're not completely infatuated with that process. I get it for Wine Library, where like we were selling wine, the end result was a transaction with wine. The end result here is a transaction with another human being against their hours. So again, if you are in a business where that is the case, you, you run multiple gyms and you have trainers, you, you, know, you, again, law firm, consultants, anybody who's listening to this, who has a business that people's hours are being sold should be religious. I mean cultish about caring about their people. And then anybody that's selling a byproduct of it, your, your results are gonna, the shelves are gonna be stocked better at Wine Library. You're gonna get a better answer on a recommendation from Wine Library if you care about your people, even though the end result product is a bottle of wine, or if you go into a bicycle shop, the end result is still selling a bike, but if Ricky is happy when he came into the shop and you come in for a bike, he's gonna spend that extra 15 minutes enthusiastically trying to tell you that this tire is better than that tire That shit matters. Matt asks, what are your thoughts on employee retention in the digital marketing industry? Is the high turnover normal? The reason there's high turnover in my industry, agency life, is because most companies are owned by holding companies who are required. So 
There's four major holding companies in advertising. They've consolidated and bought up all the agencies and they're these big billion dollar conglomerates. And I don't know everything about it because I haven't t- really studied it, but they're big holding companies which tell companies like VaynerMedia, great companies like 72 and Sunny, a great digital shop and, and a TV shop, like Droga5 just got sold, great company. Like these great companies, 360i, Carrot that got bought by Vice, they're owned by holding companies who tell their CEOs, the guy, you know, usually the guy or gal that looks like me that sold the company for a lot of money to get upfront, but and you have to earn it out and then you're locked in because half your money's gonna come after four years so you gotta keep the job, golden handcuffs, Google it if you don't know what I mean. And so they tell them you have to run your company at a 27% gross margin or a 23% gross margin. You know, if I had to do that tomorrow because I wanted the big cash out, I'd probably have to fire 100 people. And then what happens is the inevitable thing that looks like this. You know, you have a superstar youngster that's growing up within the organization and, we've, and you guys have lived this, so many have gone from you know, making very little to making more and more and more, right? Uh, you inevitably don't promote them for a year or two because you can't afford to because the only rule is you've got to make 23.7% gross profit. The only rule. And so the reason there's huge turnover is because the best people don't get compensated fast enough. Nobody's who, nobody who's running the company has long-term ambitions because they've already sold out and they're only trying to stay there for three or four more years and maximize their bonuses and their money so they're making the decision. And so like anything in life, everything stems from top. It's why I always say on the show and why I said yesterday in front of the whole company, everything is my fault. And that's true in these scenarios. And so this has been a huge advantage for my company. Um, I'm able to do what I'm doing because I want to build an evergreen company forever. And so I'm able to treat I'm, I'm able to deploy meritocracy and if that comes at my expense, it comes in my short-term expense but 15 years from now, out of happiness and financial, I'll win. So that's why that's happening um, and, they bur- and so because they don't want to pay and because they run a margin, they do a lot of things. They don't compensate people properly, they leave. They burn good people to the ground. You know, you know what goes on here, I mean you're in the trenches. If somebody's on a hardcore account that's tough, you know, we usually get them out of there a year later because they're just dying but those Companies don't usually do that because they just need to maximize and it's, it's, they're actually incentivized to let you quit. And like, because then they're going to replace you for less. And you know, so um, that's that. So the question was um, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is high turnover normal? Yeah, it's normal because most of, the, most of the companies are vigged in a game that creates a scenario for high turnover. And so, in general, I'm trying to push you guys 181 episodes deep if you've been along the ride or if you're 20 episodes in or if this is your first episode. The, the concept of the show is to always level up the thinking around business and entrepreneurship. This is an insight to why it happens, right? Everything stems from the top, always and forever. I promise you, your manager who sucks crap, the fault of that situation is the CEO. That's it. Always blame the CEO because it's the CEO's fault. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.